Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. All right, welcome to Chapter 40 of Mackey's Revised History of Freemasonry, and we're still in the Prehistoric Masonry section, Chapter 40, Freemasonry and the Essenes. Lowry, or for reasons already given, perhaps we should say Brewster, was probably the first to assert the existence of a connection between the Freemasons and the Jewish sect of the Essenes, a doctrine announced in the history of Freemasonry. He does not indeed trace the origin of the Masonic institution to the Essenes, but only makes them the successors of the Freemasons of the Temple, whose forms and tenets they gave to Pythagoras and his school at Crotona, by whom the art was spread throughout Europe. Believing as he did in the theory that Freemasonry was first organized at the Temple of Solomon by a union of the Jewish workmen with the Association of Dionysian Artificers, a theory discussed in the preceding chapter, or a preceding chapter, the editor of Lawry's history meets with a gap in the regular and constant progress of the order which requires to be filled up. The ingenious mode in which he accomplishes this task may be best explained in his own words. Quote, to these opinions, it may be objected that if the fraternity of Freemasons flourished during the reign of Solomon, it would have existed in Judea in after ages and attracted the notice of sacred or profane historians. Whether or not this objection is well-founded, we shall not pretend to determine. But if it can be shown that there did exist, after the building of the temple, an association of men resembling Freemasons in the nature, ceremonies, and object of their institution, the force of the objection will not only be taken away, but additional strength will be communicated to the opinion which we have been supporting. The association here alluded to is that of the Essenes, whose origin and sentiments have occasioned much discussion among ecclesiastical historians. They are all, however, of one mind concerning the constitution and observances of this religious order. And that ends that quote. The peacemaking quality of an if is here very plain. If it can be shown that there is an orderly accurate showing in the dated events from the builders of the temple to the Essenes, and that there is a likeliness of both to the Freemasons in the nature, ceremonies, and object of their institution, the conclusion at which Brewster arrived will be better upheld than it would be if these claims are denied or not proved. The course of argument must therefore be directed to these points. In the first place, we must inquire who were the Essenes and what was their history. This subject has already been treated to some extent in a previous portion of this work, but the present argument will require and excuse the need of repetition. The three sects into which the Jews were divided in the time of Christ were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Essenes. Of these, while the Savior makes repeated mention of the first two, he never refers in the remotest manner to the third. This singular silence of Jesus has been explained by some imaginative Masonic writers, such, for instance, as Clavel, by asserting that he was probably an initiate of the sect. But scholars have been divided on this subject, some supposing that it is due to the fact, which, however, has not been established, that the Essenes originated in Egypt at a later period. 
others that they were not an independent sect, but only an order or subdivision of Phariseeism. However, in connection with the present argument, the settlement of this question is of no material importance. The Essenes were an association of self-denying, unmarried persons whose numbers were therefore recruited from the children of the Jewish community in which they lived. These were carefully trained by proper instructions for admission into the society, the reception into the inner body of the society and to the possession of its mystical doctrine was only attained after a long training through three stages or degrees, the last of which make the candidate a party in the full fellowship of the community. The history of the Essenes has been written by ancient and modern authors, from Philo and Josephus to Ginsburg. An inquirer can be at no loss for a knowledge of the sect. The Masonic student will find the subject discussed in the Mackie Hugan Hawkins Encyclopedia of Freemasonry, and may be referred to the Abel Ardell's articles in James Hastings' Scribner's Dictionary of the Bible and to McClintock and Strong's Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature. We, in fairness to the theory, will quote the brief but sufficient account given by Lawry's history. It is in the main correct and sustained by other authorities, except a few references to be credited to the natural inclination of every theorist to adapt facts to favor his belief. A few comments will be necessary to correct some evident errors. Quote, when a candidate was proposed for admission, the strictest scrutiny was made into his character. If his life had been hitherto exemplary and he appeared capable of curbing his passions and regulating his conduct according to the virtuous through austere maxims of their order, he was presented at the expiration of his novitiate with a white garment as an emblem of the regularity of his conduct and the purity of his heart. End quote. It was not at the end, but at the beginning of the novitiate or training, that the white garment or robe was presented, and with it went the gift of an apron and a spade. Quote, a solemn oath was then administered to him that he would never divulge the mysteries of the order, that he would make no innovations in the doctrines of the society, and that he would continue in that honorable course of piety and virtue which he had begun to pursue. End quote. This is a mere abstract of the oath, which is given at length by Josephus. It was not, however, administered until the candidate had passed through all the degrees or stages and was ready to be admitted into full fellowship. Quote, like Freemasons, they instructed the young member in the knowledge which they derived from their ancestors. End quote. He might have said, like all other sects, in which the instruction of the young member is a duty not to be neglected. They admitted no women into their order. Though this is intended by the editor to show a point of identity with Freemasonry, it does no such thing. Such is the common rule of many associations. It distinguishes the Essenes from other religious sects, but it by no means essentially likens them to Freemasons. Quote, they had particular signs for recognizing each other, which have a strong resemblance to those of the Freemasons. End quote. This is a mere guess. That they had signs for mutual recognition is probable, because such has been in all ages the custom of secret societies. We have classical authority that they were employed in the ancient pagan mysteries, but there's no authority for saying that these signs of the Essenes bore any resemblance to those of the Freemasons. The only allusion to this subject is in the treatise of Philo Judaeus, De Vita Contemplativa, where that author says that the Essenes meet together in an assembly and the right hand is laid upon the part between the chin and the breast, where the left hand hangs straight by the side. But Philo does not say that it was used as a sign of recognition. He rather speaks of it as an attitude or posture assumed in their assemblies. Of the resemblance of every Freemason can judge for himself. Quote, 
They had colleges or places of retirement where they resorted to practice their rights and settle the affairs of the society. And after the performance of these duties, they assembled in a large hall where an entertainment was provided for them by the president or master of the college, who allotted a certain quantity of provisions to every individual. End quote. This was the common meal, not partaken on set occasions and in a particular place, as the writer suggests, but every day in the usual house and at the close of the daily labor. Quote, they abolished all distinctions of rank, and if preference was ever given, it was given to piety, liberality, and virtue. Treasurers were appointed in every town to supply the wants of indigent strangers. The Essenes pretended to higher degrees of piety and knowledge than the uneducated vulgar, and though their pretensions were high, they were never questioned by their enemies. Austerity of manners was one of the chief characteristics of the Essenian fraternity. They frequently assembled, however, in convivial parties, and relieved for a while the severity of those duties which they were accustomed to perform. End quote. Concluding this description of the religious sect, the writer of Lawry's history says that this remarkable coincidence between the chief features of the Masonic and Essenian fraternities can be accounted for only by referring them to the same origin. Another and perhaps better reason to account for these coincidences will be hereafter presented. Admitting that there is a resemblance in some points of the two institutions to each other, such as their secrecy, their classification into different degrees, there is no evidence that the Essenian initiation had any form except that of a mere passage from a lower to a higher grade. Of course, there is their encouragement of fraternal love, but resemblances may be found in many other secret associations. We fail to see the identity in the nature, the object, and the external forms of the two institutions, which Brewster claims. On the contrary, there is a total lack of likeliness in each of these points. The nature of the Essenian institution was that of a narrow religious sect, and in so far has certainly no resemblance to Freemasonry. The object of the Essenes was to preserve in its most rigid requirements the observance of the Mosaic Law. That of Freemasonry is to spread the tolerant principles of a universal religion which men of every sect and creed may approve. As to the outward form of the two institutions, what little we know of those of the Essenes certainly does not exhibit any other appearance than that which is common to all secret associations, whatever may be their nature and objects. But the most fatal objection to the theory of a connection between Freemasonry and the Essenes, a belief maintained by the author of Laurie's history, has been admitted with some candor by himself. Quote, there is one point, however, he says, which may at first sight seem to militate against this supposition. The Essenes appear in no respects connected with architecture, nor addicted to those sciences and pursuits which are subsidiary to the art of building. End quote. This objection, it seems to us, is fatal to the theory making the Essenes the successors of the builders of Solomon's Temple and the forerunners of the operative masons of the Middle Ages, out of whom sprang the speculative Freemasons of the 18th century. Admitting for a moment the reality of the organization of Freemasonry at the building of the Temple of Jerusalem, any chain linking that body of builders with the Freemasonry of the present day must show the presence and the continuance of pursuits and ideas connected with the operative art of building. Even the speculative Freemasons of the present day have not disturbed that chain. Though the fraternity is not now composed necessarily of architects and builders, yet the ideas and pursuits of those professions are retained in the speculative science, all of whose symbolism is found in the operative art. The Essenes were not even speculative Freemasons. Their symbolism, if they had any, was not founded on nor had any reference to the art of building. 
the apron they presented to a new member was intended to be used, according to their practice, in baptism and in bathing, and the spade had no symbolic meaning but was simply intended for very practical purposes, the digging of earth, not as an emblem of studious research. The defense made by the author of the history that in modern times there are, quote, many associations of Freemasons where no architects are members and which have no connection with the art of building, end quote, hardly needs a reply. There never has been an association of Freemasons, either operative or speculative, which did not have a connection with the art of building. In the former case, practically, in the latter, symbolically. It is absurd to suppose that between these two classes there was an institution which neither practically nor symbolically cultivated the art on which the very existence of Freemasonry in either condition is based. Another objection, equally as fatal to the theory which makes the Essenes the uninterrupted successors of the temple builders, is to be found in the correct order of the facts of history. If this succession is broken by any interval, the chain connecting the two institutions is broken, and the theory falls to the ground. The Temple of Solomon was finished about a thousand years before the Christian era. According to the Masonic legends, the builders engaged in its construction immediately broke ranks and traveled into foreign countries to spread the art which there they had learned. This, though merely a legend, is not at all probable. It is very likely that the Tyrian workmen, at least, and there were a large number of those employed in the building, returned to their homes after the tasks for which they had been sent to Solomon by the king of Tyre had been finished. If there were any Jewish Freemasons at all, who were not mere laborers, it is reasonable to suppose that they would seek employment elsewhere in the art of building they had acquired from their Tyrian masters. This is a fair understanding of the tradition. Who, then, were left to continue the fraternity? Brewster, in Laurie's history, and Oliver in his Antiquities, affirm that it was the Essenes, but we do not hear of this sect as an organized body until eight centuries afterwards. The raw claim of Pliny that they had been in being for thousands of years, per secularum milia, has met with no welcome from scholars. It is something which is beyond belief, and Pliny has no authority in Jewish affairs. Josephus speaks of the Essenes as existing in the days of Jonathan the Maccabean, but this was only 143 years before Christ. They are never mentioned in any of the books of the Old Testament, written later than the building of the temple. And the silence of the Savior and the Apostles concerning them has been credited to the fact that they were not even at there at the time an organized body, but merely a branch of the Pharisees. The Rabbi Nathan plainly says that those Pharisees who live in a state of celibacy are Essenes. And McClintock takes from various authorities 14 points of resemblance, which are given to show the identity in the most important usages of the two institutions. At all events, we have no historic evidence of the existence of the Essenes as a distinct organization before the War of the Maccabees. This would separate them by eight centuries from the builders of Solomon's Temple, of whom the theory under review mistakenly supposes them to be the direct heirs. But Brewster seeks to connect the Essenes and the builders of Solomon through the Assidians, whom he also calls an order of the Knights of the Temple of Jerusalem who bound themselves to adorn the porches of that magnificent structure and to preserve it from injury and decay. He adds that, quote, This association was comprised of the greatest men of Israel, who were distinguished for their charitable and peaceful dispositions, and always signalized themselves by their ardent zeal for the purity and preservation of the temple, end quote. Therefore he argues that the Essenes were not only an ancient fraternity, but that they originated from an association of architects who were connected with the building of King Solomon's temple. All this is ingenious, but it is untrue. 
It is, however, the style, now nearly out of favor, it is to be hoped, in which some Masonic history has been written. The Assidians are not mentioned by the canonical writers of the scriptures, nor by Josephus. The word first occurs in the book of Maccabees. It is applied, not as Brewster calls them, to men of peaceful dispositions, but to a body of devoted and warlike heroes and patriots who, as Kiddo says, rose at the signal for an armed resistance given by Mattathias, the father of the Maccabees. Under him and his successors, they upheld with the sword the great doctrine of the unity of God and stemmed the rising tide of Grecian manners and idol worship. The era of the Assidians, like that of the Essenes, is removed eight centuries from the time of the building of the Solomonic Temple. Scaliger, who is cited in Laurie's history as authority, only says that the Assidians were a fraternity of Jews whose principal devotion consisted in keeping up the edifices belonging to the temple. Not content with paying the common tribute of half a shekel a head, appointed for temple repairs, they willingly put upon themselves an extra tax. But as they are not known to have come into existence until the wars of the Maccabees, it is evident that the temple to which they devoted their care must have been the second one, built after the return of the Jews from their Babylonian captivity. With the Temple of Solomon and with its builders, the Assyrians could not have had any connection. Prideaux says that the Jews were divided after the captivity into two classes, the Zadokim, or righteous, who observed only the written law of Moses, and the Kassidim, or pious, who super added the traditions of the elders. These latter, he says, were the Assyrians, the change of name resulting from a common alteration of the sounds of the original Hebrew letters. But if this division took place after the captivity, a period of nearly five centuries had then elapsed since the building of King Solomon's temple, and an unbroken chain of events between that king's builders and the Essenes is not preserved. After the founding of the Christian religion, we lose sight of the Essenes. Some of them are said to have gone to Egypt and there to have founded the ascetic sect of the Therapeutists. Others are believed to have been among the first converts to Christianity. But in a short time, in the second century, they faded out of notice. From what has been said, there can be no doubt in holding the theory of the descent of Freemasonry to modern times through the Assyrians and the Essenes to be wholly unsound and unsupported by historical testimony. In relation to what has been called the remarkable coincidences to be met within the doctrines and usages of this Jewish sect and the Freemasons, giving to them all the weight demanded, the rational explanation appears to be such as we have elsewhere given, and which may we repeat here. The truth is that the Essenes and the Freemasons take whatever similarity or resemblance they may have from that spirit of brotherhood prevailing in all ages of the civilized world, the inherent principles of which, as the natural results of any fraternization, where all the members are engaged in the same pursuit and governed by one common bond of unity, our brotherly love, charity, and generally that secrecy and reserve securing to them a privacy in the practice of their rights from the rest of the world. Between all fraternities, ancient and modern, these remarkable coincidences, that's quoted, are to be found. All right, that's chapter 40. We'll pick it up next week with Chapter 41, The Legend of Enoch. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.